well, wellity well, well. That's how this podcast is going to make you feel, ladies and gentlemen. You ever felt like that? You ever had a drink so good that it made you all like... Neither have I. No idea what it meant. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my beautiful people. I have not felt this good in a very, very long time. No idea why. Must be the drugs. It's so good to hear from everybody. (laughs) What does that even mean? It's so good to be here to have all my homies aching, begging for the next episode of Wild. Hi, Liam. (laughs) I am very excited to be here, and damn, do we got a doozy for y'all today. So sit back, relax, and welcome to another swirling episode of Wild, the smoothest, silkiest podcast to ever grace your eardrums. Grab a blanket, grab a cup of hot cocoa, and nestle in by the fire. Here we go. Ooh, it's another week. So a ton has happened. I have got so many things to talk about. I don't know how I'm gonna cram it all in, but we gonna give it a crack. So some big news, right? I wanted to just share some personal stuff that's been happening with me lately. Obviously, this podcast is not necessarily just about like, hey, what's been going on? Who's all doing this? What has Logan Paul said? This is all a little bit about your boy Sheldon, which is me. I mean, on that, talk about a name, huh? Talk about the least scary name in the world. Sheldon. Oh, mom. Bless you. Bless you for giving me that name. Love you. I mean, could you imagine getting into an argument or a fight with a guy and the guy's like, bro, if you don't stop, I'm going to call my friend. He's going to come fuck you up. And the guy goes, oh, yeah. Who's your friend? Max? Chad? Jameson? He goes, nah, bro. I'm going to call Sheldon. Sheldon? You going to call Sheldon to come beat me up? I think I'll be fine. (laughs) I cannot tell you how much that name, this name, has impeded my existence. Obviously because of the show, right? You cannot Google anything. You know, people always want to Google their names because they think that they'll be popular. I remember being like 14 and thinking, what happens if I Google my name, right? I mean, I'd be 14, right? I was thinking maybe somebody's secretly been writing news articles about all of my successes. And... I don't even know if Big Bang Theory was a thing at that time, but I know that, let's say I Googled myself at 14 and nothing would have popped up. It would have been like a senator in eastern Norwalk, Nebraska. But then when I got to like 18, by that point, Big Bang Theory had been out for ages, right? And then you would Google Sheldon March. And I tell you what would pop up. Sheldon Cooper with the Star Wars Imperial March song in the background. Yeah. It was at that point where I knew I'd have to do a lot of work to get out of that guy's shadow. Man, I've had people tell me the stupidest shit about that as well. No jokes. I've had people tell me, you look like him. 
you sound like him, you act like him in terms of my behavior. And it's like, bro, do you realize who you're referring me to? This is a guy who would knife someone for sitting on their side of the couch, right? This is a dude who is by all accounts a 43-year-old virgin and will continue to be for the foreseeable future because he likes maths. Do not tell me that I'm anything like that guy. Oh man, and it still happens now. It still happens now, right? I used to work in retail wearing a stupid name badge that just, I, I worked in, remember, iStore, okay, Apple. And a big part about that is the, the retail presence, being good to the customer. And what would happen all the time is people would come in and they'd be, and they would just say, Hello, welcome to Apple. My name is Sheldon. All big and printed on. And then, yeah, people would just go, Oh, like Big Bang Theory. And you have to go, Yes. <laughs> it is. It's exactly like the show that's currently circulating on television that I share the same name of the guy. Very much correct. And you would think to yourself, 15 years later, I mean, Big Bang Theory has been out of syndication for what? Like... 10 years at least? I don't know. I don't follow that shit. I think I watched like the first two or three seasons, which I thought were fantastic at the time. You watch it back now? Um, Leonard, when are we going to get Chinese takeout? I don't know, Sheldon. Well, I have to get back to my quantum computing. <laughs> Fake fucking laughter track in the background. That show, dude. That show. You know what my mom was going to call me if she wasn't going to call me Sheldon? Now, this is, genuinely speaking, the lamest name in history versus the coolest name in history. Do you know what my mom was going to call me if she wasn't going to call me Sheldon? Rocco. Just, just, just let that marinate for a bit. Rocco. Isn't that just the coolest name ever? Could you imagine where I'd be in life if my name was Rocco? Bruh, I'd be a gazillionaire. Don't know how. I'd still be as sort of untalented as I am now. But I would just have gotten rich somehow. I would have probably like known about Bitcoin or something, you know, because I've had a cool, cool friend, a cool nerdy friend that would have been like, Sheldon, you got to buy this shit, bro. I mean, Rocco, you got to buy this shit. You know, I would have gotten like record deals just for humming in a shopping center. But it's all good. I don't hold any resentment. Whatever. Let's get back to our regularly scheduled programming, everybody. It's very good to be back. I'm excited to be back. So I've been toying with some different sort of formats on the show and some different pieces of content. I've been doing some shorts, feel free to go check those out. Uh, those have been really fun to make, but I'm gonna diversify a lot more over the next coming weeks uh, and basically just see what gets more views than anything else. And then I'll sell out to that direction. Just joking. This podcast will be here for a very, very long time. So a bunch of things that I wanted to just kind of touch on, and a bunch of things that I wanted to just chat about a little bit. And I'm just gonna get cracking straight into it. So I hope everybody's had a fantastic week. I hope everybody is doing well, but now it's my turn to speak. 
Alrighty, so top of the agenda, we are going to go back into the sort of pop culture world a little bit. Have y'all homies seen that Katy Perry, okay, we're not going to talk about Russell Brand, I promise. I really don't want to, I don't know what's going on in there. You know, people are saying that this entire... The, the, all the all these accusations are just completely slanderous because these women have had 10 plus years to come out uh you know and if you think about it from that perspective and it's like oh okay but a lot of the individuals actually did go to the police after these alleged assaults 10 years ago but just never went to the media so now they're going to the media so then it's like oh okay well then they definitely have some foundation to their claims to be honest I think that the most logical explanation is probably the right one, which is just that Russell Brand has been with so many women over the years. He probably started treating some of them quite disrespectfully eventually, just because of the fact that he's had so many ladies and some of the behavior that he's done can probably count as being some form of assault. You know, I think that's it. I don't think that there's anything much deeper than that. Is it a big ploy by the mass government controlled Illuminati media. I'll have to call my guy and ask him. I'll have to call my Illuminati guy. Be like, yo, Mr. Illuminati, what's happening here, son? Okay, but this is quite interesting. This has been a big portion of musical artists doing this sort of thing lately. Katy Perry has sold a bundle of her music rights to Litmus Music with multiple sources pricing the deal at $225 million. I mean, shut. That's a lot of money, right? I mean, what this is, and I kind of thought to myself, I want to know what this is all about. Does this mean that these artists are no longer allowed to sing these songs? Does this mean that uh, all of the royalties now go to somebody else instead of Katy Perry? Does she still own the own this music? What does this actually mean? And it's it's kind of interesting. It's basically as Simple as this. Katy Perry has made as much money as, as much money as much money from her music in the last what how long has she been? 15 years? 15 years as possible. You know, she had a bunch of really big albums, really huge singles, tons of streams, tons of YouTube views, tons of music videos, bunch of sales. It's now at the point where she probably feels that. She's made the bulk of the money from these songs. So now artists can sell the rights to a catalog catalog holder. And from now on, all royalties will go to them instead. So if there's this incredible resurgence in the next 10 years of hot and cold, then the music catalog will get all of the royalties, right? And now technically they own the songs. That's why Taylor Swift has re-recorded a bunch of her first few albums because Scooter Braun bought a production company. Was it Big Machine? I think it was Big Machine. What a cool name for a record label as well. Big Machine. Scooter Braun has bought that and in turn he now owns a bunch of Taylor, he owns the catalog of Taylor Swift's music. So that's not hers anymore, you know? She doesn't own the royalty rights to those anymore. It's not Scooter Braun, so it feels dirty to her. That's why she's recording all of these. And making a ton of cash re-recording the same songs, by the way, which is an ingenious move by that little southern billionaire. 
damn. Anyway, so all that this is, is a company will now say to her, cool, here's $225 million. Thanks for the songs that you've recorded. You get to keep all the money that you've made up until this point anyway. Um, you can still perform all these songs. Did you know that that's not illegal? I could jump on stage and sing through the entire Katy Perry catalog from start to finish if I wanted to and charge money for it and not have to pay, pay Katy Perry a dime. That's absolutely not illegal at all. Any sort of live performances are public domain. I always thought if I go and see Blink-182, nobody's allowed to play Blink-182. No. Bro, you can go and see Metallica and have them play the entire Blink-182 set. But nobody gonna pay for that. And to be honest, I think she's got a really good deal, bro. $225 million? I mean, for me, for work that you've already done, you've already gotten paid for in incredible ways and incredible amounts. Dude, it's a fantastic idea. So which, um, okay, so basically the, uh, the albums that are now the pro five albums Perry released for Capitol Records. From 2008's One of the Boys to 2020's Smile. I used to love Katy Perry's music. And not just because I was incredibly attracted to her. No. I'm going to get into trouble for that one. So she released a album called Katy Hudson. Oh yeah, because she, she was a Christian singer. How sweet. Oh. But she changed her name because it was too similar to Kate Hudson, the actress. Her first album was One of the Boys that had I Kissed a Girl on it. Did it have Hot and Cold on it as well? I think it had Hot and Cold on it too. That was a groovy jam, dog. But then came Teenage Dream. My dude, that is, that is what put this girl on the map, son. Did you know that she is tied with Michael Jackson? in terms of having the most number one singles from a single album. Michael Jackson did that with Thriller. Yep. Katy Perry is the only artist to have matched Michael Jackson with the most amount of number one singles. With five, I believe. I'm gonna look. California Girls, Teenage Dream, Firework, E.T., and Last Friday Night. Yup. She's the first woman to do it as well. So the one that got away peaked at number three on the chart. Dude, if that one just got up, she would have had, she would have made history. Anyway, she, she still did. Very cool album. Pri then came Prism. Oh, I liked Prism. Prism was a good album too. Cause she had a song called Birthday. And in the song, now this is true. Cause she, she wrote about this. In the song, she talks about um, time to get you in your birthday suit. I'm about to bring out the big balloons. Obviously meaning her boobs. Hey, Katie. Can't get into, I can't get into trouble for that either because she wrote that, not me. Shaman, she wrote a song called By the Grace of God, which is about how she came out of her depressive slump after Russell Brand dumped her ass. Shame. That was actually a really sad thing. Have you ever seen the Katy Perry movie? He he was quite mean to her. 
and she's very sweet and she's very kind and stuff, right? So her four, her five albums, One of the Boys, Teenage Dream, Prism, Witness, and Smile. Wow, Smile didn't do very well. Damn, she's fallen off a little bit, huh? She had three back-to-back -back number ones. The last one was with Witness, and now she's got Smile. No idea what's coming after that. She's probably taking some time off. She's just recently had a baby. Congratulations, Katie. But a bunch of artists have done this. I know that good old JB, he sold his um, his entire catalog as well. Dude, it's cool. Like, just do it. You get to make an enormous fortune. You know, that's like mega retirement money if you haven't made any cash, enough cash up until that point. You still get to tour. And you still get to release new music. Pretty damn cool if you ask me. Alrighty, so in other news as well, this is going to be a little bit uh, one for the uh, the video game nerds. I've got two things I wanted to chat about from a video game perspective. So, if you are not a fan of video games, it's all good. I am a remotely enjoy video game guy, right? I'm not a massive video game nerd, uh, but one thing that I think is inescapable is Grand Theft Auto Six. I normally say Grand Theft Auto 6, but that's because I'm South African and I don't speak it a proper. But Grand Theft Auto 6 is, all intents and purposes, the most hyped game of all time, right? People are just scrambling for any sort of information, any sort of details about this thing. We had that massive leak back in September of last year, which was, if you think about it, it was insane. The idea that up until this point, Nobody had even known if GTA 6 was in development, right? People were so desperate for any sort of news, right? Rockstar had just released, uh, well, they were about to, no, they had already released, oh, dude, way released Red Dead Redemption 2. Red Dead Redemption 2 came out in, what, 2019, I believe? Yeah. It's a good game, that as well. It's very, it's like quite boring though. I'm not gonna lie. I've been trying so hard to get into it and I've gotten pretty into it. I'm like 40% through the game and I'm just focusing on story. I don't wanna do all the, the side missions of, oh, you need to find all these flowers or, oh, you need to find all these paintings on the side of a rock. Oh, but it still is very slow. I think the idea is that you have to be unemployed and have like three months of not having to worry about where your rent's gonna come from and you can just fall back into your couch and just go on this American adventure, which if that's what you want to do, bro, it's the perfect thing for it because it's super immersive, very realistic and a very beautiful game, but it is so boring. I don't know if I'm going to keep on playing it. Anyway, so if you think about the the any potential leaks of Grand Theft Auto 6, right? We had no idea that GTA was even in development. Nothing. People were desperate. Is there anything? Is there anything you can show us, please? And Rockstar is always very shush about anything until they decide to make an official announcement. It's quite interesting. If you are a employee works on these games, you have to sign such a strict NDA that you can't tell anybody what you're working on. Not your wife, not your kids, not your best homie Leonard. Nobody. Nobody's in that to know because I'm Sheldon. Now, it keeps for this really big mystique so that when something is announced, it's a big deal. So they are doing something right in that department. But in September 2022, I remember this, I was sat at home and I was just scrolling through Twitter and boof, all at once, like an hour and a half of 
in development video footage of GTA 6 was leaked by this like 18 year old hacker who hacked into the Rockstar database. Do you know how he did it? Apparently he used psychological techniques to be allowed into personal team slacks. Slack is that workplace chat thing, which is quite cool, I guess. Is that hacking? I mean, to some extent, I guess. And he just kept on cataloging whatever they'd send through. Any videos, he'd take it down, and he'd make a copy of it until he just released all of this at once. And it was insane, right? People went from having nothing about this game to having an hour and a half of in-game development. You know, these are the sort of nerds that if you get a screenshot, they will break down every pixel to figure out where does this go? What is this going to lead to? Does this mean we're going to have in-game transport? Will we still have cab missions? Where's the helicopter? What about jetpacks? Now you've got an hour and a half of in-development footage showing how the gameplay, how the gun, uh, the, the gun mechanics are going to work. I was going to say the gun shooting mechanics, how the driving mechanics are going to work, what the missions are going to be like, who the main characters are, what the, the physics and the ragdoll effects are going to be. It was insane. And as quickly as you could watch all of it, Rockstar just started taking all these videos down. Bump, 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 bump. I watched pretty much everything and I was blown away. I thought it's, I, I generally thought it's going to look it looks fantastic and it's going to be an incredible game. I, I honestly cannot wait for it. And there was a big day this past week that's just gone. It was the 10 year anniversary of Grand Theft Auto V. Huge deal, right? Absolutely enormous deal. Ton of hype around that game when it first came out. I don't think I've ever been as hyped for a game ever as what I was for GTA V. I just bought into it. I remember being in high school and everybody for a week solid was talking about it. Every single person. That game is the reason I failed business studies in school. Not at an exam, in school. We had, or oh, business studies was my worst subject to be fair, but we had a final end of year, we call it matric, it's year 12 for, I don't know, and we had our end of year exams and I had my business studies on the Wednesday and GTA 5 remastered for PS4 came out on the Tuesday and I spent the whole day playing that and I failed business studies. Anyways, it's not cool. Stay in school, kid. So GTA 5, the 10 year anniversary had just passed and people were thinking they're going to say something. They're going to say something. What a beautiful time it would be to announce Grand Theft Auto 6 on the 10-year anniversary of the most successful entertainment product of all time. Now, I am actually mistaken, right? I always I always tell people that GTA is the highest selling video game, not even the highest selling video game, the highest selling entertainment product of all time. Because like everybody has it, right? You go into a secondhand video game store, they've got 80,000 copies of GTA 5 on PS3. Everybody had that game, but it's not. Minecraft has actually outsold GTA 5 just in terms of like sheer numbers. However, GTA 5 does have something, and I would like to, I just want to mention this. It earned $800 million in its first day in terms of sales, money, and one billion dollars in its first three days of sale 
It's the second best-selling video game of all time with over 185 million copies shipped. And as of 2023, one of the most financially successful entertainment products of all time with about $8 billion in worldwide revenue. Its successor is in development. Very exciting. So apparently what's what's gone on is, you know, you've got a ton of people who, as I said, you know, research every conceivable thing about Rockstar and the company and what they're talking about. They've released a fiscal year report prediction for the end of 2024. And apparently the company anticipates they will earn $8 billion in that year, in 2024, right? That's a couple of months away. And that cycle begins. So a lot of people are speculating GTA 6 is coming out then. People are thinking that we're going to have an announcement in October and the game coming out in 2024. If that is the case, guaranteed I'll take a week off of work to play that shit. So cool. Alrighty. So nothing happened in the September thingamajig. People were thinking it was going to happen, but nothing happened. Very unfortunate. But that is where we're up to when it comes to GTA 6, my homies. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Where we going from my here? What? Okay, so something else I wanted to chat about was Squid Game. Oh, Sheldon, you're so far behind, bro. Squid Game came out in 2021. Aha. I got some different things to chat about, ladies and gentlemen. So Squid Game was just this overnight sensation, right? I couldn't believe how big and how popular Squid Game became. I mean, it's a good show. It's definitely pretty cool. I believe I tried, did I try and watch it? I think I tried to watch the English dub and it was just so shitty. I was like, nah, dude, this is stupid. If you ever watch any of those sort of shows, there's a reason that these artists are, you know, these Korean actors are as famous as they are because they're good actors. You know, you don't want to watch some no-name English person overdub over a Korean series just because you're too fucking lazy to read the subtitles. Like, come on. That's like, I can imagine somebody who needs to watch an English dub because they don't like the Korean version. Guaranteed, they live in the Navi. So Squid Game was an enormous success. Absolutely enormous. I, I remember I was sat at a pool and somebody spoke to me about, they're like, oh, have you seen Squid Game? And Squid Game, it came out that day. I was like, no, I've never heard of it. What is it? And this, I don't even remember who it was, but they were like, oh, it's this really cool show about, uh, I think they said that it was kind of like Saw. And I went to watch it. I watched the first episode and I thought it was sick. So people are desperately waiting for a second season. I'm surprised it's taken them so long to have anything, you know, to do with the, with the second season because it was an enormous success, the first one, right? I'm just having a look at this now. A second season was officially announced in June 2022. Filming began for the second season in July 2023. So about three months ago, man. So it's only going to come out next year. That's a huge wait between seasons one and two. But uh, to be honest, I think based off of the success of the first one, they'll probably be fine. But there was this new thing that was released, a new trailer. Um, now, I'll be honest, I'm probably not going to watch it because it's quite self-explanatory. But it's a trailer for a live-action Squid Game version, which is exactly as it sounds. It's the Squid Game principles and the Squid Game games, but using real people instead of a fictionalized version. 
which, you know, interesting enough, that sounds pretty cool. But Mr. Beast, the YouTuber Mr. Beast has done this. He released this video, like almost or not, probably not almost, over a year ago. This is so delayed, right? I can't imagine anybody is going to want to watch this because now they've seen the first season. They've seen a real life version of it, which was done very, very well, if I have to say so. I believe it's this guy's most viewed video. Fucking hell. The amount of views this guy gets. Let's have a look. Can you sort by popular? 500 million views. Damn! It's ridiculous. So you got 500 million people who's already seen this. Garan guaranteed, I am not going to watch the real-life Squid Game reenaction that's been pushed out by Netflix. Because you know what's going to happen. I'll probably, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll probably watch the first 10 minutes. And I go right to the end, go to the last episode, and just scroll in my little Apple TV remote, bleep, until I see who wins. And I'll go, oh, good for them. Hope they reported the taxes. I'm not saying I think Mr. B should be mad or anything, because that's stupid, but you, you have to know that that's not going to be a popular thing, right? People don't really care about seeing the same thing twice. They don't. Unless it's humongously different, but it's not. It's literally the exact same, the exact same formula, the same games, the stupid marble thing, the red light, green light. Anyway. I do think that the second season of Squid Game would probably be interesting, but I wonder what, I wonder what that's going to be about, though. You know, what are they going to do? It's going to be new games. Let me have a look. Uh, okay. So, one of the directors said, Absolutely there will be a second season. The Squid Game universe has just begun. Okay. Okay, let's, let's read something. Due to the stress of writing and producing the series of nine episodes... Oh, hold on, my camera's turned off. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, Abby Redbeck. Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. My camera is a Canon 60. So what happens is every half an hour, the footage, it just stops recording. It's actually, if you do care, it's for financial purposes, not from my side. But if a video camera is shipped out or exported and it can record for more than 30 minutes or 29 minutes, 59 seconds, it's considered a video camera and they have to pay higher taxes on that. So these sort of cameras are not intended to be used as video cameras. So they cut that off. Dickheads. Anyway, okay, I want to just read through the writing of what the second Squid Game is going to be about because I am interested to see what it's going to, you know, is it going to be the same games? Let me just read this. So due to the stress of writing and producing the first series of nine episodes himself, Huang initially had no immediate plans to write a second season to Squid Game. He did not have well-developed plans for a follow-up story and said that if he were to write one, he would likely need a staff of writers and directors to help him. Totally makes sense. With the immense popularity of the show, Huang later op op opined... Op it's spelled O-P-I-N-E-D. Never, ever heard that word. 
Huang later did that about the possibility of a second season, telling CNN, there's nothing confirmed at the moment, but so many people are enthusiastic that I'm really contemplating it. He said in an interview at the Times that a second season may focus more on the story of the front, the front man, as well as incorporating more about the police. Wang said, I think the issue with police officers is not just an issue in Korea. I see it on the global news that the police force can be very late in acting on things. There are more victims or a situation gets worsened because of them not acting fast enough. This was an issue that I wanted to raise. Uh, he also wanted to explore the relationship between the cryptic frontman and his policeman brother Huang Shunho, as well as the background of the salesman character portrayed by Gong Yu. Fuck, that sounds boring. It's gonna be about the police and how the police is slow. <sighs> okay. I'm, uh, I'm gonna give the guy the benefit of the doubt, but that sounds stupid. That sounds dumb. Anyways, I'm sure it will be fine. <laughs> okay, so I saw this in the news the other day. You know they're making another Superman movie? Not, I mean, I know this is like, oh, well, who cares, right? Henry Cavill, in my opinion, is a fantastic Superman, right? He looks like Supermensch. 100% this guy looks like Superman. You guys have to see this. Just look at this fucking guy. Sorry for swearing. Mom, I know this has been a very sweary episode. I do apologize. Okay, check this out, check this out, check this out. So, I saw that they're making a new Superman movie, and I thought, okay, that's pretty interesting. That's pretty cool, right? Until I found out who the new Superman is, is gonna be, because I generally think that Henry Cavill is an amazing Superman. He's buff, he's super handsome, he's incredibly likable, he's very charming, he just fits the bill of Superman, my dude. Look at this guy. This guy's name is David Corin Sweat. Tell me that this is not the perfect Superman again. This dude has just been chosen because of how chiseled his jaw is and how much he looks like Henry Cavill. So yeah, they're making a new one. We got a handsome fella. I don't know about that photo. That guy just looks like a drug dealer. But the rest of it? Yeah, dude. Look at this. I wouldn't trust him around my wife. That's the new Lois Lane. I don't know what a Lois Lane is. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> Shows off his giant bulge in ocean, ocean shoot. Whoa, look at that. <laughs> no, dude, I don't want to save this image. <laughs> okay, so I'm definitely not going to watch this movie. I can guarantee you that much. Excuse me, let me just go out of this. I'm definitely not going to watch this film. Uh, just because I hate any of these sorts of movies. They're really boring and really shitty and really lazy. And I haven't seen a Marvel... I mean, I haven't seen a Marvel or DC movie that I've enjoyed. I believe... I, I believe I did go and watch Superman versus Batman. Just because of the idea of it. It's like, no way. Right? Ben Affleck's first time as Batman. Superman kicking his ass. And I was like, bro, there's no way that, that Batman's going to win. Superman's going to beat him up. Superman is uh, bulletproof. And I went to go watch it, and the idea 
let me actually make sure that I'm not getting this wrong. You guys know what I'm talking about. This incredible climax, right? These two characters, okay, Batman versus Superman, they hate each other in this movie. They hate each other. Hang on. Here we go. Listen to this. These two characters hate each other. They want to rip each other's heads off, bro. And gouge out their eyeballs. You know, they're so mad. And they have this huge fight with weaponry and kryptonite and all sorts of stuff. And they generally want to kill one another, right? And then right at the end, Superman pleads with Batman to save Martha. The same name as Batman's mother. Batman hesitates in confusion as Lois arrives and explains what Superman meant. Coming to his senses, Batman promises to rescue Martha. And then the two of them are homies. Martha Kent, Clark's adoptive mother, is Martha, by the way. So they both share the same mum name. That's what the whole movie climax was about. I mean, if that's just not the most utter dog shit you've ever heard in your life. So stupid. Uh, so I definitely will not be watching that. Alrighty. Let me see. I've got... I've got something that I wanted to just bring up, but it's very heavy and I don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know what I will, because I'm not going to make a, I was going to, I've got a few things in here that I wanted to make its own video about, but I'm, I definitely don't want to go too deep down a rabbit hole with this one. So I, I'm rather just going to talk to you about this. It's probably going to be worth me just showing you what I'm talking about. Okay. Marina Abramovic. Who here knows who Abrima, Abrima Marina Abramovic, so hard for me to say. Who here knows what she is, who she is, sorry. So I want you all to just bear with me here for a moment because what I'm about to tell you is going to sound really weird and really conspiracy theory-ish. But I do think that it's greatly worth talking about. I saw this the other day and I was absolutely blown away by this. Now this is news. This is not something that I'm making up or talking about to be funny. This is news. Marina Abramovic is a Serbian conceptual artist. Now, she has done some really weird shit and really strange art over the last 20 years. Very heavy and very demonic and very evil shit, right? Look at this. So she famously created something called spirit cooking which is where these human corpses i should probably get that off my screen where these human not human corpses sorry human beings would lay down in a big tub get covered with 
like something edible, like a gravy or like a, a chocolate sauce or something. And people would eat from them. And it was this really weird symbolized, you know, th symbol of just fucked up shit. I don't know, dude. Oh, they've taken all these photos off. What if I type in Lady Gaga? Because I know that Lady Gaga has done this. I wish I could just find one of those photos. Here we go. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah, no wonder. They've taken it off on every English-speaking platform, but as soon as it's in a different language, you can find it. So this is her stuff, right? That's, that's Marina. That's Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga is a big supporter of Marina Abramovich. And this is it, dude. This is like the weird... I mean, tell me that's not like culty and extremely weird. Extremely demonic and quite evil, if I do have to say so myself. You know? Yes, this is my opinion, but... If I came to any of you and I said, Hey, I've got this really good, good idea. Let's get a woman naked, pour barbecue sauce all over her, and then eat it off with the spoon. You'd take me to the police. Right? And rightfully so. So this woman has incredibly odd art. Now this is going somewhere. And it's going somewhere really odd and really strange. This is the sort of shit that a, a, a marina does. A lot of corpses, a lot of blood, a lot of bones. This is all her stuff. She does extreme art. You know, she'll have somebody sitting there rubbing two bones together. Oh, I, I don't even like looking at these things. It's really odd. Look at this. She's recently created an art exhibition in London where to get in, you have to squeeze past two naked people. I mean, why you do that? What's the point of that? A lot of her art has been... I mean, I've got to think of about a really, really uh, gentle way to say this. A lot of her art has been centered around sort of like um, sacrifices, right? Like human sacrifices. That's a big theme in her stuff. Now, I want to, I'm going to Google this. I want you to see what pops up. The war in Ukraine is obviously still ongoing. And Volodymyr Zelensky, as of three days ago, no fucking way. No way. Zelensky asks Marina Abramovich to be the ambassador for Ukraine to help rebuild educational institutes. Schools. She's an occultist. She's a self-confessed Satanist and occultist. Why in heaven's name would Zelensky want her to help in rebuilding schools? That makes no sense to me. 
And it's funny, I read this two days ago, but now it's been taken down. Well, there'll be something else that's up. Yeah, look at this. President of Ukraine has appointed Marina as the ambassador of Ukraine to rebuild educational institutes. Yeah, look at this. Conspiracy theories and criticism. Some online rumors even suggest her involvement in child trafficking, drawing parallels with Jeffrey Epstein. It's essential to note that these claims lack substantial evidence and remain unsubstantiated. Yeah, for sure. It's all it is, isn't it? It's all just a coincidence. There's nothing, nothing odd going on here at all. Anyways, I think it's probably best that that's where I leave that portion of the show. In case I get some Illuminati hitmen coming after me. You're too close to the truth, Shelton. But that freaked me out, man. When I saw that, I was just blown away. I was like, why? It is the oddest combination. It just doesn't make sense. Why would you take somebody involved in such weird occultist, and she is a self-confessed occultist, Satanist, and witch. She has said this about herself. This is not accusations. Now she's helping to rebuild schools? Something there just doesn't add up. And it's just been scrubbed from a bunch of uh, portions of the, of, the, of the internet, huh? I mean, the only website that I could actually find some stuff on was that website that was like hosted in India or something. I'm sure it's nothing. Right, ladies and gentlemen? I'm sure it's nothing. Alrighty, we'll see if this podcast gets pulled, if my whole channel gets terminated because of this. Okay, lastly, I'm gonna take it back to something a little bit easier. As I mentioned to you, this is going to be a little bit of a video game focused show. And ladies and gentlemen, what I'd like to do for my last 10 minutes, the last, the, the, of the, the privilege of having the last 10 minutes in your ears is I would like to discuss the hardest platinum trophies to get on the Sony network. Now, if I really have to explain this to some people in case they don't know what that is, in video games, if you 100% a video game, you get a trophy. Well, no, sorry, I'm misexplaining this. In video games, you get trophies for different things. Some of it could be for something trivial, like completing a mission, you get a trophy. Some of them could be a lot harder, collect 100 collectibles throughout the whole map, you get a trophy. And then you can do something called platinuming, platinum a game, which is effectively you've a hundred percented it, okay? You've gotten every single trophy. Normally there's like 50. You've gotten all 50 trophies and therefore you get the platinum trophy. It's very hard to do. I've never gotten a platinum on any video game that I've ever had. Have I? I don't think so. I'll have to check. 
but some people get really into this, right? Some people get massively into this. I mean, there's YouTube channels out there that's dedicated to getting platinum trophies for a single video game. And it takes them 200, 300, sometimes 400, 500 hours of playing this game, just grinding it nonstop to get a platinum trophy. So I do wanna read about this. I thought this would be quite interesting. The top 10 hardest platinum trophies in the world of all time, right? So what I'm gonna do is I'm going to read through these. Let me know what you think. I really hope my computer doesn't boink out like last time. Honestly, man, it's a brand new MacBook. As soon as I make it record something and do a screen recording. Oh no! Yeah, donkey! Anyways, see how this goes. I hope you guys have enjoyed the show, by the way. This is actually this has actually been one of the best shows, for me at least. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you all. I love being able to do this. Okay. Here we are. Number 10 is Star Ocean The Last Hope. Never heard of this before. Uh, its trophy list doesn't require you to be mechanically gifted or an incredible speedrunner or a PvP master. Instead, it just asks you to devote some time to it, between 450 to 1,000 hours to be exact. The Last Hope is a ridiculously long JRPG without accounting for its trophy list which requires you to beat it multiple times in different difficulties. There's also a very small margin for error as missing a single collectible can force you to play the entire game again to collect it and earn its trophy. If you want this platinum, be ready for the long haul. Crash Bandicoot. Bro, Crash Bandicoot has this weird reputation of being this like kid-friendly game. This game is hard as fuck. It is so difficult to play. It's incredibly precise. There's been so many videos that have popped up about like just people losing their shit, breaking their controllers, and just freaking out about how hard this game is. Crash Bandicoot 4 takes an already difficult series and turns it up to 11. Levels are longer and tougher than their 90s predecessors and have many missable collectibles that force you to replay the entire level for the smallest mistake. And that is true. As well as the difficulty of just beating the levels casually, Crash 4's trophy list tasks you with achieving 106% completion. To do this, you must beat each level, each level without dying while collecting all the collectibles. This is a mammoth task on its own, but it won't quite get you to the percent needed. For that, you'll also have to get near-perfect time trial speeds on every one of Crash 4's grueling levels. Basically meaning that they have this... The developers have put this time in going, this is the quickest a human being can do this and you have to do it at that time. Still get all the collectibles and stuff like that. Tetris effect, no way. 38 years on, Tetris is still supplying a relaxing time for those who play casually and an absolute nightmare for those who want to push themselves. Tetris Effect is probably the biggest nightmare of any game in the series, bringing with it one trophy that will challenge anyone who isn't a professional. Mm. The seriously, seriously trophy is one of the most intense 100% completion trophies in PlayStation history, tasking you with getting an SS rank literally everywhere it's possible. You'll have to master everything Tetris Effect has to offer and somehow not throw your controller in the process. Let me make sure my thing is not shut down. Now nah, we all good, son. 
Number seven is Ninja Gaiden Sigma. Okay. I'm probably going to go down to top 10. Number six is Super Meat Boy, which is just some like 2D platforming scroller thing. Ah, here we go. Number five, Wolfenstein 2, The New Colossus. I had the first Wolfenstein, it was pretty cool. The concept of Wolfenstein is really interesting. It's all about what if the Nazis had won, right? And you play as BJ Baskowitz, and you have to beat the Nazis. Pretty damn interesting, sir. Wolfenstein 2's trophy list is a fairly standard one, with finding collectibles, beating bosses, and completing upgrades making up most of the entries. Among these average trophies, though, is Mein Lieben, an infamous trophy that tasks you with completing the entire game in one sitting on the hardest difficulty without dying once. That is insane. Dying even once on Mein Lieben difficulty wipes your save file, forcing you to play through the six-hour campaign all over again. Unskippable cutscenes and all. This is just as difficult and soul-crushing as it sounds. That sounds like a nightmare. Like, why, why would you do that? I guess, yeah, the accomplishment afterwards, whatever. Devil May Cry 5 is probably the hardest hack-and-slash game of the 2010s. At the very top of its difficulty curve is Hell and Hell Mode. Sorry, I just want to see what time I'm at. Nah, we're still good in which enemies behave as if they're on hard mode and you die in a single hit. On top of this handicap, there are also no checkpoints throughout levels, forcing you to restart an entire chapter if you lose all three of your lives. The Platinum Trophy is guarded by one that not only requires you to beat this mode, but gain S-Ranks on each and every chapter. This means there'll be no safe, cheesy strats to help you get through the fights. You'll have to play recklessly and aggressively while never being hit. I actually did watch a guy do this recently. He's so cool. He's a gentleman by the name of Nick AR. Uh, he just the devil maker. He does a bunch of like platinum things, but he's a super likable dude as well. I really like his stuff. Um, and yeah, he did it. It took him like 200 hours. It was mental. Number three is Street Fighter V. Okay. Um, fighting games, huh? Fighting games are famous for their mechanical complexity. Professional players dedicate dozens of hours weekly to perfecting their skills in the hopes that they can compete against other players as gifted as they are. That sounds stupid as fuck. Street Fighter V's Let's Fight Someone Strong trophy tasks you with fighting off against people like this in order to enter the upper echelons of SFV's online leaderboards, the Gold League. I mean, bro, that'll get you chicks. I'll get you mad fucking chicks. You tell her you're in the Street Fighter League gold thing. It's a brutal climb to the top, and you'll be expected to triumph over some of Street Fighter's very best players to even have a shot at completing this trophy. That's just stupid. The Elder Scrolls Online, what have happened to that? While Street Fighter V's Platinum Trophy merely requires you to enter the group of online players, the Elder Scrolls Online goes one step further. To obtain the Emperor Trophy, you will have to be the number one player in the entire world. That's pretty interesting. Only by sitting at the very top of the ESO leaderboards will you unlock Emperor and continue on towards the Platinum. This is, of course, an immense task and requires a clear strategy as well as a team of players who are willing to help you 
to raise to emperor status. That is pretty darn interesting. And then finally, we've got something called Crypt of the Necrodancer. Never heard of this before. It's considered to be the most difficult single-player trophy hunt of all time, as well as being an all-round hard game. Necrodancer has one trophy that puts its head and shoulders above the rest of the hardest trophy lists on PlayStation. Lowest of the low requires you to beat on all chars run. A continuous run in which you beat the game nine times in a row, once with each character. Not only do you have to beat this run, but you also have to do so without picking up a single item. This means no damage upgrades, no weapons, and no ways to regain health. A single mistake can be fatal, and deaths can destroy up to four hours of progress. There's no wonder this, pro this Platinum Trophy takes 900 hours to complete. That is insane. Who, okay, I'm gonna Google this. Who has that trophy? Just gotta be some basement dweller. I mean, how, how will I know? There's uh, some Reddit. Uh, here we go. Impossible, right? After losing a handful uh, of four by three and four by four runs, I finally managed to get an all zones coder run. 0.09% rarity on PSN profiles. Only one more trophy left for the platinum. Ah, oh, bro, that looks stupid. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been the longest wild episode that we've had the privilege of sharing together. I want to thank you all for joining me on this fantastic journey. I will see you again on Sunday, I believe. Until then, take care of yourselves. Know that I'm so grateful for you being here and I'm so grateful for you sticking about with me and my bullshit. You have a wonderful week. Lots of love and don't watch the Ellen DeGeneres show.